And then I said, I've done cocaine. Can I be Prime Minister now? Oh, topical um, in a way. Topical. In a way. It's in, sort of... It's, yeah. oh, There's a lot of it going around. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm topical. <laughs> that's, that, doesn't, that doesn't make any oh, sense. Uh, no, no. Do you know else doesn't make sense? Uh, so, so much. But let's start with something. Three years, Matt. Three fucking years! Three freaking Jesus. years! Jesus! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the big damn... I know, we can't quite believe it ourselves, right? We can't call it that. It's not going to fit the RSS feed. <laughs> Life uh, finds a way. Welcome to our 156th episode, aka the third anniversary of Big Dumb Cast. We've done, uh, is that that three whole years worth of content in what, yeah, oh my god, we're entering year four with this episode. Yeah. What a weird thought. Year the fourth. My god. I mean, where do we where do we even start? Like, uh, let's get gushy to everybody who's listened to us gushy ever across the last three years. Everyone in the whole world. Thank you for putting up with our nonsense. Um, for anybody who's who's listened to us and never spread the links, you're you're a dick. <laughs> but we still Thank love you. you for listening. Thank you for supporting <laughs> us. We like dicks. Uh, oh, shut up! You love I'm, dick. I'm ambivalent on dick. You love dick. I'm penis ambivalent. <laughs> Pambivalent? <laughs> Wangbivalent. Um, but yeah, so, but we, we've got plenty, we've got plenty of gushing to do. We're going to get into like our favourite moments. People always ask me out whenever I did the Q&As on Instagram. They always say, what's your favourite moment of Big Dumb Cast? I was like, I don't really, I, I mean, how am I meant to pick one? We've picked some. We're going to go through oh, them in a bit. Oh yeah, it was, just listen to some of those old episodes fucking difficult. Um, <laughs> speaking of difficult, we had a, we had a difficult task this week as well. Um, oh yeah! Anniversary celebrations aside, we we also had two big movie releases this week, which we were lucky enough to get early screenings of in this week in preparation for today. Thank you, Unlimited. We have been speaking about these two for a while. Yeah. Toy Story Four, the fourth in the trilogy. Wait, hang on, and um, that's very Douglas Adams, isn't it? It is in a way. Uh, Douglas Adams and Child's Play 2019, which we have had some opinions mm. on as the market. <laughs> and I don't. I mean, I don't know about you. I I don't think this is going to go the way people think for either of these cases. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> so I strap mean, in. 2019 has been it's been up and down here so far, but this one's gonna turn it on its tapsy turvy head. Just call us Ryan Johnson because we're subverting expectations. Oh, uh, God, where to begin? Does that mean people are gonna start signing a petition to remake this episode? Probably. Do you know? Yeah, but come on, like, like people's opinions will ever affect what we do. <laughs> so <laughs> we've made it this far. <laughs> so where do you want to start? Toy Story Four. Um, I, think we should, I think we should kick off with Toy Story Four. Well, it is uh, the year of Keanu. It is, it is, but Keanu be praised. I thought it was the year of Peel, but it's turned out to be the year of Keanu. <laughs> People always say start with the bad news, so, um, mm. Toy Story 4. Uh, this is 2019 motion picture starring Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, um, All your favourites. Ali Potts is back, uh, uh, 
The podcast started 13 years ago this very day, but the humble beginnings of the Big Damn Cast were a far cry from the mysterious and upsetting subject it has become. Once merely a regurgitating muddle of internet popular culture headlines and cheeky northern banter, the program was never a feed to listen to if one were in search of a disturbing tale. And yet, by its tenth year, the show was most well known for the circumstances surrounding the death of Matthew Watson, co-host and co-founder of the Big Damn Cast. Now here, in episode 676... I, journalist Martin Rayner, have been assigned by the network to delve into the history of the show, interview current and past contributors, and explain the events of that fateful night. Welcome to Big Damn Cast, Whatever Happened to Matthew Watson. He was a lovely man, you know? Tall, warm, fuzzy, covered in skin, walked around, had a skeleton inside of a massive muscle and nerves, wore hats... A lovely, lovely man. Matt Lovely Man Watson was born to parents Mr. Matt Watson and Mrs. Matt Watson in the winter of 1942. Shortly thereafter, he was lost between the couch cushions and didn't emerge until 1988, at which point they decided to start counting his birthday from scratch. Years of growing and physical maturity between pillowy slabs took their toll on the poor boy, and he spent the majority of the 1990s being gradually stretched overnight to bring him back to acceptable proportions. When asked if it was for his health, doctors replied, No, but it will make him look much more appealing at dinner parties. Raised on a diet of Doctor Who cereals and Transformers cartoons, Matthew would often be sent to hospital for malnutrition. Once his parents grasped the concept of food and how to put it into another human's tummy, he found a steady bill of health could sustain him through his favourite hobby, tracing dust angels onto the surface of abandoned cabinets with his index finger. It was here where Matt's love of popular culture blossomed for some reason. Here he is explaining the genesis of his eventual audio legacy in an extract from the audiobook of his autobiography, Can a Baby? Yes, it can. I remember the way the dust felt beneath my fingernails. Gritty, a little bit furry. It was unpleasant, like trying to hold a conversation with a racist uncle at Christmas. And that's when it hit me. Auntie Conchita was Hispanic. Didn't Jeffrey realise? What a hypocrite. But also, life is full of things you simply have to put up with. Things that stick around too long and cause a bother. Crane flies, Brexit, whisper gold, and podcasts. Why must I sit here in the quiet corner? I decided to bring my gritty, furry unpleasantness to the table and become a pop culture broadcaster. Because if millennials were going to create fake jobs to distract their parents with, so was I. Partnering up with another struggling artist was the only way to go and saved Matthew a great deal of money on equipment. He placed an ad on Gumtree. Man seeks other man for session of recording mouth sounds and moaning. Next to that ad, he posted another. Podcast co-presenter wanted. Must have own microphone and tongue. After a wonderfully passionate night with a man called Billy, Matthew received an email with regards to the second advertisement. Arranging to meet in a nearby calf, he found himself sat across from the gentleman who would become his podcast partner. Penniless broadcaster and future only 2010s kids will remember these listicle JPEG, Christopher Johnson. 
I remember him describing his podcast plans to me. There was a hunger in his eyes. He was hungry. Like, really hungry. Which is probably why he wanted to meet at the CAF, I suppose. But he never ordered anything. I think he was expecting me to order, actually. I still feel I might have been reading the meeting wrong. Was it rude? It was probably rude. I should have shelled that for a tea cake at least. Anyway, he was going on about nerdy news, geeky gossip, how people needed to hear him talk about it. They just didn't know it yet. And he knew his stuff. I mean, the man could tell you exactly how many times Riker did that chair volume thing in Next Gen. From the angles alone, he'd worked out Jonathan Frakes inside leg measurements. But that was the thing. He just wanted to say stuff, regardless of whether it meant anything to anyone. He wanted... um. No, no, he needed to speak to be heard, I think. Ultimately, I think that's what it was all about. He just wanted to be heard. And heard he would be. The first version of their podcast, entitled Papa Matt and Little Johnson's Squeezy Fun Time, didn't reach too wide an audience, and the gents believed it was solely down to timing. After deciding to go big or go home, they announced the title of their new show, The Big Damn Cast, a riff on a memorable line from the beloved but short-lived science fiction meets western cult television series, Ooh, we're cowboys in space, aren't we? What happened next is well documented. A slow climb towards relevancy, a steady release schedule, and a gradually expanding listenership. But with a fan base comes the feeling of fan ownership. People looked, or rather listened, to the big damn cast to hear their own views expressed back at themselves. In this case, via the prism of two northern layabouts making jokes. As soon as the podcast began to show a life, and indeed opinion of its own, the fans rejected it. One week, the hosts expressed one contradictory view too far and it set off a chain reaction that led to Watson's swift change of direction. Matthew's widow, Billy Watson. He used to love making the podcast, and he used to love giving his opinions. <laughs> Several years passed, and all the while Matthew Watson was looking for an out. The monster he had created had him by the danglers and was not letting go. The frustration didn't go unnoticed by listeners and contributors alike. When new, regular items appeared that gave away the game a little too much. So this email comes in from Jared. Hello, Jared. Hi, Jared. And Jared wants to know, what are our thoughts on the Doctor Who season finale? All right, time for Matt and Chris, two lifelong Doctor Who fans who looked at the answer a Doctor Who question. Uh, personally, I thought the surprise regeneration was a nice touch. I mean, Chris Marshall must have been keeping that secret for ages. <laughs> Look, it's actually time for Matt and Chris give no shits. Will someone please ask us about our feelings for once you bastard stuck record prick bomb holes, please? And that too! What do you want us to say? Huh? We loved it. We hated it. What's the flavour of the month this time, eh? I'm sure the comment section on YouTube will fill us in. You know, like it did for 14 and 13 and 12 and 11. Add in for 9 and get your own okay. thoughts and respect mine, you fucking cockwombles! You, um, you okay? Yeah. Yeah, fine. Right. Okay. Uh, this one's from uh, uh, Tom Monty. And he says... Then, one day, everything changed. Again. 
For legal reasons, we're not allowed to play you the original recording of episode 592, and any copy online is swiftly removed due to its position as evidence in the ensuing investigation. So instead, this reenactment will provide context. Has anyone stopped to think if we actually need a Ruby Thursday MCU movie? Okay, Matt. Calm your tits, son. No, lad. My teats shall not be calm. I'm sick of this pop-cultural monopony. Why? Why must you be like this? Why must life be like this, fam? Why, God, why? Smash, 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 smash. Mm, what to say? That you only men and well what you say What 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 did you That broken glass that contained Christopher's nightly fruit shoot may have well been a ceiling shattering into a million pieces, falling from a great height, slicing through the podcast mundanity piercing the flesh of the old, withered body and freeing from a cocoon the fresh, squishy, nubile, renewed form within. That broken glass was a signal into the night for Matthew's true calling. And calling the truth did come calling. Truth was calling, and by truth, I mean a bright future. But also people using phones. Is, uh, is this thing on? No, <laughs> of course it's on. I know it's on. It's my, it's my job to know when microphones are on. <laughs> um, who was I? Oh, okay. Uh, my name is Cliff Klopp, Foley Artist Manager, and guy with a good eye for sounds. And a good ear. I can hear talent a mile away. Been booking Foley artists for the movie business around uh, 30 years now. I know a good sound when I see it. The art of Foley within film, radio, and television is the technique of creating believable sound effects in a studio environment. Cliff Klopp, a veteran of the field, had been booking and hiring up-and-coming Foley artists for the better part of his retirement, having amassed experience in the industry in his younger years. Amongst his most significant contributions is the astounding amount of time he put into the making of Citizen Kane a body of work which mostly went unused due to Klopp's misconception that there would be a Kane in Citizen Kane that Charles Foster Kane would carry around with him in every scene. I was proud of that one. For every pair of footsteps, I added a clack. A good clack works for most types of flooring. Tiles, wooden boards, you name it. Assholes didn't put a single damn one in, but they got me in to help with the restoration for the 4K release. And I snuck the suckers back in there. <laughs> Watch it on 7.1 and lean into the left back speaker. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, there I was, listening to that big Don, whatever you call it. it it's like my uh, ASMR. Listening to grown men crying over trading cards. And Star Wars helps me get right to sleep, if you know what I'm saying. And all of a sudden, I hearings this smash. And it's clear and passionate and with a hint of cordial in there splashing on the tile. And I'm thinking, my God, that's a sound I gotta see. So I emailed the boys and I offered them an olive branch. 
Because due to the races, I, I had no money at the time. I didn't even run it past Chris. He didn't make the noise. He didn't shove the glass. I did. Me. Me, me, me. And this was my one chance to make some noise and shove some glass and get recognition for it. I had outgrown that petty podcast and needed to spread my wings. He used to love wings. One night, Matthew stole away from the studio and boarded a plane to Chicago, where Cliff set him up with a foley suite of his very own. He was like a magician. Tearing shit up, knocking shit down, throwing shit left and right. It was even better when he washed his hands, left the bathroom and stepped into the studio proper. He was like a kid in a candy store. If that kid were a grown man and the candy were watermelons and hammers and trays full of gravel. And you never eat gravel. (laughs) I learned that the hard way. By eating gravel. The kid found his niche pretty early on. He toyed with the sugar glass and the punching sacks for a while, but the footwork. Oh, man. The footwork. (laughs) He took to those boards and trays like he was born walking. Placement on a few network television shows gave Watson a couple of months' worth of experience before Cliff took him on full time. Back home, Chris had begun to lose hope of his co-host ever returning. Fill-in guest presenters managed to keep things together for a short while, but it was clear that, without Matt, the big damn cast was rudderless. That was a reference to boats. And much like a sinking boat, Chris was sinking. Like a boat! Ideas to keep the show afloat, like a boat, backfired in every way. The cheeky northern charm was gone. Publicity stunts would only do so much but the risks were far too great. A Halloween special saw the return of regular contributor and guest Charlie DeMelo and the use of a Ouija board to contact dead celebrities. The resulting demonic activity caused several listeners to black out and left Charlie possessed by the spirit of Sir Ian McKellen, who resides within him to this day. A fact made more disturbing when one considers that Ian McKellen, as of the recording of this program, is still very much alive. I regret ever having sat down to record that night. It was just harmless fun. I didn't think it would actually work. Oh, come now, Charlie. Please stop complaining. I'm hungry. But, Ian, we've had breakfast already. Oh, it's not food that will sustain me, Charlie. Please, just leave me alone. We need the souls, Charlie. Bring me souls. Delicious souls. Now you're getting it, Charlie. We must feast. Matthew's career continued to grow in leaps and bounds. We moved him into the leaping and bounding suite after about a year. Boy, that guy could convey movement like you wouldn't believe. So crisp and clear, loud and proud. Pigfoot, we used to call him. I never heard a man trot so well. And I knew Trotsky. His name was false advertising. But then, uh, well... Then came the gypsy curse! I travelled out to Chicago to try and bring Matt home. He was having none of it. I mean, he was happy, I suppose. 
snorting lines and then walking in lines. Then not quite walking in lines because of the lines and then forgetting his lines. So taking more lines until he was lines down, lying down. He was, he was a mess. And he had the gall to come out there and beg for me to go back with him. What a tit. Could he not see that I, I stepped beyond my stupid pop culture prison. I was a free man. I told him to jog on. And I matched his steps on a yoga mat covered in soil as I watched him plod his way out of there. I didn't need his mic. I didn't need his banter. I didn't need anybody. Leaving the studio after midnight, Matthew stumbled into the car park and found himself confronted by an old beggar woman. She was small and crinkly. Like... A penis, wearing a hood that partially covered her head, like a penis. Wiry hairs stuck out of her sides, like a a penis. And she spoke to me in in a shrill, unpleasant voice, like a penis. He used to love his odd-shaped penis. (laughs) I didn't. The woman asked politely, If Matthew would spare her any change, Matt chose to kick her to the curb before handing her a hastily written invoice for experiencing his fancy footwork up close. It wasn't as if the world deserved to hear his gifts for free, he thought, but that's when she pointed out a long, bony finger, like the penis she so resembled, and proclaimed, At last, prison you may have smashed, but shattered sound will be your ass. (laughs) Matthew thought nothing much of it, and proceeded with his day. Little did he know, it was a dark omen of things to come. A few months went by, and the biggest gig of his career so far presented itself, like a seductive peacock. Ben-Hur! The remake of the remake of the remake of the remake of the silent original. But silence was a dirty word. Matthew's talents were being sought after for the most ambitious piece of foley work ever put to film. Chariots don't sound like chariots on a set. They sort of go... Etc. To get it right, you need coconuts on your hands, and a cheese board on each foot, and a kiddie pool full of gravel. But don't eat it! I could not possibly be clearer on that. No one has ever attempted anything like this before. By the time this book is in your hands, I'll have entered the halls of legend. One man, 15 chariots, 120 hooves. There's no way to not hear me now. See you on the other side, kiddies. When they found him, um... Well... Matthew Watson passed away like an absolute unit during the first Foley session for the film. Starting on the Monday and refusing to stop until he had the perfect take, he was last seen alive by Cliff Clop on the Thursday. Kent just wouldn't stop. He was flailing and cantering like a man possessed. Possessed by a horse, but with the mind of a man. And the madness of a man. And the legs of a horse. He was determined to get it perfect. No editing, no post-production. He wanted to fill that entire stadium with the man-made sound of a chariot race. 
every now and then he'd, he'd let me or my assistant put some food in his mouth, you know, rub some coke into his gums so he could get something, anything into his system. But by Thursday, the bank had left me several messages about the repo crew taking my dog, so I had to go. And my assistant had to drive me because I can't smell traffic lights anymore. So he sets off to buy a new dog before the grandkids even have a chance to notice. And the last thing I said to him was, Don't shatter yourself. What a world. What a cruel world. As the hours wore on, Watson never stopped, strapping more and more coconuts and cheese boards to his person, cantering, clopping, writhing, performing the worm, whatever it took to conjure up audible splendour that would meet his self-established lofty standards. At approximately 6.21am on the Friday, Watson was worn out. Stumbling forwards in a haze of exhaustion and cocaine, he was trying to make a beeline for the doorway. Perhaps he simply desired a breather. Or maybe he wished to use the bathroom so as not to muddy the gravel mixture for a further session of sound-making. Some believe that, in the panic throes of an inevitable accident, like Masala before him, Matthew had seen the error of his ways, and before letting his ego and pride consume him and snatch him away from the ones he once loved, he would remove the bladed wheels from life's chariot and profess his regret to Ben-Hur, going on to witness the crucifixion of their lord and saviour on earth together, or something. Whatever his reason, it was never to be. Matthew's ankles disintegrated. Sad news tonight as the world-famous Foley performer Matthew Loveliman Watson has been found dead in his Chicago studio. The UK's most notable soundie was discovered in the early hours of Friday morning, face down in a pile of broken sugar glass and his ankles completely gone, whittled away by many years of service. I think I speak on behalf of the whole nation when I say, we're going to miss you, Pigfoot. After all that time, Matthew had finally been heard all around the world. Irony was indeed a cruel mistress with a noticeable dislike of safe words. What a twisted and kinky bitch. Today we can only reflect on that unfortunate night in the history of the Big Damn cast and comfort ourselves somewhat with thoughts of what might have been. Shortly after the Ouija incident, the podcast was bought by a multi-channel network who are a subsidiary of Podco, a division of Audio Buzz represented by Chattastic, who in turn are owned by Cinemates, a proud umbrella of smaller companies run by Monopoly Man Media, a branch of Schustein and Groffelberg Limited, who are, of course, the product of the Walt Disney Corporation. The love and support of the House of Mouse, because really we're like one big happy family, helped to save the show and turn it into the successful media review empire it is today, even providing Chris Johnson with a new co-host, Flappy the Fun-Filled Film Finch. And here to talk about the future, the Big Damn Cast, going into its 14th year, we have Chris and Flappy. Hello, gentlemen. Hi. Ooh, hey, howdy, hi, and a flip-flap fly, I'm Flappy! Ha <laughs> ha! Yes, Flappy, yes you are. <laughs> How does it feel to have reached, with this special edition, nearly 700 episodes of the Big Damn Cast? I'm honestly surprised we've gotten this far. We've got a bright future above us in the sky. Let's flip, flap, fly. I'm flappy. <laughs> Adorable. What can you tell us about the future of the show? I mean, what am I allowed to say? We're going to watch all of the wonderful movies that the studio gives us. We're lucky and plucky. <laughs> yes, Flappy, you are plucky. But if... 
all goes according to plan, there won't be a future for this show. Well, not this future, anyway. I'm not sure I'm following you. Well, over the years, I've just sort of been kept around. The studio don't really need me, do they? But it maintains an illusion of individuality, so I've been allowed to stay and upload the show to the internet every week. I have the passwords. You're not planning to delete the accounts, are you? We've worked very hard on this documentary. I know, and I'm glad, because it sums up everything wrong with the big damn cast. Every stupid decision. Every horrid moment. Imagine, right, if we could have known about this years ago. We'd make sure to never let any of it happen. Christopher. So imagine, if you will, just imagine that this episode somehow makes its way back. Back to before things went to pot. Because I remember the exact episode that started this mess. It was 156, third anniversary. The one where it turned out that we hated Toy Story 4 and adored the Child's Play remake. Toy Story's fun! I'm flappy! Right, but some of the new listeners thought that we were insane. They were expecting their own views to be parroted. And that's the week that Matt got fed up. That's when he started to change direction. That's when it all went wrong. So imagine, and just bear with me here, that somehow no one ever heard that episode. Imagine if I used the scheduling bars on this week's upload to set it to be posted on the 21st of June 2019. Imagine if it went back and erased that stupid episode and warned everyone of what could happen. There'd be no split, no gypsy curse, no pigfoot. Flappy's not happy! Well, it's absurd. It'll never work. Matt Watson is dead. For now. Just you wait. To the past, if you can hear this, go easy on us, alright? We're opinionated nerds just like you, and it's the future that may never be. You can keep Ruby Thursday Part 3. It's just too bloody weird. So ultimately, I I just think that um, if we ever do an entire episode about the Sherman Brothers, we should probably do it by a piano. Yeah. To be honest, we should should do a musical episode. Yeah, but I'd have to learn the piano. It's true. And I'd I'd play about three notes. I'd have to learn how to sing. You can sing. I, I I heard you sing. I don't sing, sir. I need to wet my whistle before I, I can sing. I bet you do. Have you seen my glass, actually? Uh, no. Oh, I'll get a drink after this. Okay. So, yeah, um, that's it for our third anniversary. Maybe it'll we'll be musical for fourth, eh? Maybe. Who knows? It gives us a, I'll need about a year to write 30, 30 minutes of music. <laughs> We've got time. I'll just recycle it. I just it'll give you as long as you like. Yeah. Thirteen. We'll t- Thirty check, minutes. Check back, check back on the thirteenth anniversary. Give us a decade. Thirty we'll minutes interspersed across our usual two hours. That'll that'll be fine. <laughs> we could do it. That'll be fine. That'll fill the time. Um, we'll do a lot of vamps. <laughs> so many vamps. So many vamps. So many vamps. So many vamps. One, two, three, four. Da. Yeah. I enjoyed your trouble, Claire. I thought so. Doesn't make any sense to anyone who doesn't read music. Don't. I don't read music, but I do, I do read. Tweet. Tweet us at BigDubCast on Twitter. You can also email BigDubContact at gmail.com. Where else Tweet. can they catch us? Uh, also on Twitch.tv slash BigDamnStream for eventually backlogging whenever I get around to it. And uh, which is also archived on YouTube. Um, and yeah, keep an eye out for all things Big Damn on those channels. It's going to be a big, bright, beautiful future. Although, I'll be honest, I'm dreading the emails after this week. Fucking hell. Yeah. Can you imagine? Good lord. Right. See you later, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.